Engineers are ingenious professionals. Engineers invent, design, verify, and qualify. Engineers are the professionals who make our lives and businesses prosperous and safe. The Florida Engineering Society is proud to put our engineering professionals in the spotlight so that they may educate, share information, and introduce you to the world of engineering that is thriving in Florida. Here's your host of the Engineering Florida podcast, Sam Yates, with today's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Florida Engineering Society Engineering Florida podcast. You know, we've had some uh, pretty amazing guests over the past few weeks, and I am never ceased to be amazed at when I have a, a particular guest that that uh, comes in and just wows me. And, and that is what has happened with my guest today, Dr. Charles Davis. And why he has am- amazed me and given me that wow factor is something to do with his book. And I'm going to give that little bit of a tease because I want to talk about that book. It's It's got uh, the elements that you would not believe when it comes to choosing leadership. And I'm going to get into that, but uh, Dr. Davis, welcome to the program today. Welcome. Thank you. You know, I always like to start our programs by getting a bit of background about our guests. So uh, please tell us about yourself. So I am um, Charles Davis. I am originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, as they say, New Orleans. New Orleans. And um, I have been in Orlando uh, since, um, wow, 86, 87, sometime around that time. Um, I actually uh, came here for work. um, And believe it or not, the job that I applied to, which was an industry at the time, I worked for about six months in that particular job. And then I got transferred to their corporate office, which was out of Lawrence, Kansas. So I stayed in Lawrence, Kansas for about a year, about a year and a half, um, got accustomed to snow and driving in snow and um, being from the South, that was a little bit different for me. But uh, then I eventually came back to Orlando, Florida, and I've been in Orlando, Florida ever since Um, while in Orlando. I had already uh, completed um, an undergraduate degree, so I decided I'd go back. Uh, same company that I was working with had a continuing education program. So I went back and got uh, another uh, degree in design engineering technology, loved school so much, uh, continued and got my master's in industrial engineering with a concentration in engineering management, and loved school so much, 25 years later, uh, completed my uh, PhD in industrial engineering. Uh, and that would happen actually during um, the um, COVID, uh, the pandemic. So it was uh, somewhat of a challenge, but uh, I got through it and I persevered. You know, I sometimes have to pause. Uh, we do an audio version of our podcast, and from time to time, we have a video version. For those of you who are going to be listening just to the audio version, uh, when I take a pause, it's usually to point something out. And Dr. Davis, what I noticed when you talked about uh, the years that you spent in school and learning the many things that you have learned, there was a smile on your face. So when you say you love it, you know, I really believe that deep down in your heart, it is a passion for you. You are correct. I I do have a passion for lifelong learning. And um, 
I also uh, feel that uh, the talents and the knowledge that I've received is one reason why I'm actually uh, teaching now, uh, paying it forward okay. um, to to students. So not only is it a passion to continue in education, but also to pay it forward to the young minds of today. And where do you teach now? So I'm currently teaching at Valencia College. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've uh, this coming uh, fall, believe it or not, I will be uh, teaching 20 years. Wow. Um, I uh, started back in 2003 and um, started part time, uh, applied to the school while working still in industry because uh, I just I wanted to say, you know, I can do this, too. Right. So I started teaching, um, um, building construction technology program. And then from there, it kind of grew into teaching some pre-engineering courses. And then eventually, uh, Valencia ended up getting a uh, a bachelor's in electrical and computer engineering technology um, in 2011. Uh, And so that's what I've been teaching in their bachelor's program. Um, And again, going back to that whole loving of math, uh, loving of, of school, I went back and got my uh, 18 hours of additional uh, math courses. So I teach math in addition to my engineering classes that I teach. Um, just a little bit of um, uh, great news. I applied uh, to Embry-Riddle about a year ago, and um, they reached out to me and uh, made an offer to me. Uh, so I start on August 14th as a associate professor. Uh, I will be teaching at, teaching at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, um, and I'm very excited about my new adventure with them. Congratulations on that. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, I have shared with you, but one of my uh, favorite pieces of background is aviation technology and aerospace. So when you say Embry-Riddle, that is something near and dear to my heart. Did not attend that school, but I know quite a few people who are graduates of it and Quite a few people that have taken their knowledge base from Embry-Riddle and have, in a couple of cases, taken it into space. So quite a bit of congratulations to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, somewhere in all of this, uh, Dr. Davis has also managed to carve out enough time to write a book. And the book, if I can uh, look at my notes here, it's a systematic or a systematic guide to leadership. A leadership selection using total quality management techniques. When I read it in bits and pieces and link it all together, it makes perfect sense to me because there is a formula I can see when I look at certain qualities of leadership. But what went into that book and how did you come up with that concept? So um, both myself and my advisor, who was part of my PhD program, and two of my classmates, we decided to collaborate together. And um, my uh, portion of my PhD, my two classmates, their portions of their PhD, and then my advisor, who was just um, an amazing person, Dr. Rabello, um, we decided that we wanted to put together something that dealt with leadership, but then also dealt with quality management. And we initially, um, in my in my dissertation, I dealt more with like undergraduate students. But what we said what we wanted to do was we wanted to cast this net net out to uh, not just students, but also to industry. So to be able to use this same book uh, and to be able to apply it to industry um, and people either retooling in leadership 
or have never been in leadership, and then also applying quality management as it relates to it as well. Now, I guess the the big question there is, are we at a point in many, many industries, no matter what industry you take a look at, that something new and different by way of management, especially coming out of COVID, is needed? Yeah, I think we we have to look at management a little bit different because of coming out of COVID, uh, especially um, we were kind of locked up for a while um, indoors. So um, most people who were managing actual people were managing them from home. And um, even still today, um, some people are still working remote. Uh, It's kind of become a thing of the future. So we kind of have to look at management in a way that we could still manage, but we could manage remotely as well and still be able to use these tools. Um, I, I think students that are coming out of school today, um, along with the technical skills or the hard skills, the soft skills are the things that they would have to apply as well. So either to go into leadership or to apply any type of quality, especially in a work environment, they have to make sure that it could be done not only face-to-face, but it could also be done remote as well. And I think that ties in with uh, something that uh, a lot of people who keep an eye on true leaders, management leaders, they always say managers do more than manage. They lead, they inspire. True statement? With hesitation, I'll say um, yes. Um, I when um, I was putting together um, my paper for my dissertation, I always feel that a true leader is a servant leader. Um, these are people that basically can lead by example, but also basically can have others lead them as well. And a true leader who manage other folk. Um, if they know that they can get out in the trenches, they can get out and get their hands dirty, they can learn from um, the people that work for them are true leaders because they get to respect each other and learn from each other. These are all aspects of your book. So the big question I would like our audience to know, how can one go about getting a copy of your book? So right now, um, you could actually go to Amazon. Um, it came out in December, December 26th, to be exact. Um, but you can get it from Amazon. There's a good price on it. Um, initially, it was like somewhat high. Uh, we had gone back to the publisher and kind of tried to find out a way if you know the price can drop a little bit. But I think on Amazon right now, you can get it somewhere between $20 to $50. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in hard copy. It's also an ebook version as well. So for those folk that actually like to listen to it um, versus actually reading, you can find it um, in both um, modalities. Okay. Switch back to Emory Riddle for a, um, a moment, if you could. What are some of the big challenges that you see moving into that position? And, and how has your background helped prepare you for those challenges? So uh, at Valencia, um, teaching the pre-engineering classes, because that's a couple of the classes that I'm going to be teaching at Embry-Riddle as well. Um, the, the fact that I like um, Embry-Riddle also um, have small class sizes. Um, 
they have anywhere between 25 to 30 students in some of their engineering courses. And so I actually, when I started teaching pre-engineering at Valencia, I had a class of 200. Oh, wow. So I, I know how to adapt to either large and or small. Um, so if I was to um, be challenged by teaching a larger class, I would not have a problem with it. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is in terms of transition is just that um, because the students at Valencia are, even though it's a two-year institution, it's a college, it's a university, and they go hand in hand. Um, teaching the bachelor students, I'll be teaching the same students at Embry-Riddle. You know, I'll teach the ones that's coming in as freshmen, and then I'll have some that are in their junior and senior year. So I don't think it's as much as uh, a change in a way of the type of student, it's just a different environment. Um, and it's, a, it's something that I look so forward to because it's just, it's new, right? It's something that um, I think for me, it's like that next stage in my life. Um, I've done industry, I've taught for 20 years, and now I'm basically at Embry-Riddle to keep that chapter going. And we're going to look forward to seeing what is written no pun intended, but I'm sure there will be something written in that particular chapter. One of the things that uh, that I see as a, a central theme in all of our guests here on the Florida Engineering Society podcast is that concern for new engineering students. Uh, as an industry, is the Florida Engineering Society leading the way in attracting quality engineering students? Yeah, I, I, from um, the actual society itself, um, we actually have our student chapters at each each of the universities and the colleges. And so what we try to do is we try to make sure that we network with them, mentor them, um, communicate with them, and then also basically have them come out to our annual conference which this year is in Marco Island. Um, so being able to network with them, being able to for them to um, be with um, in the engineers that are already in the industry, so they could ask those important questions like, you know, how do I go about actually interviewing? How do I go about dressing for success? How do I go about landing that perfect job or that near perfect job? And what are the things that I can do, um, even though there may be these little bumps in the road, are there lessons learned from those? And so those are the things that I think that the Florida Engineering Society does very well in terms of mentoring and making sure that the students that are coming out of um, both the colleges and the universities, that they uh, are able to communicate and have an open door policy with um, the society and make sure that we can com communicate with them. We also have a couple of events throughout the year where the students could actually give back. So we have like math counts where the student can volunteer and actually uh, work with um the students that are like in middle school, these kids are actually um, somewhere six, seven, and eighth grade doing college level mathematics. And so uh, the, the students, the college students get exposed to that. We also have where they get to um, do community services. So we have them go out with um, us to like give the kids the world and do a lot of uh, various different things. Um, so we can give back, you know, to the community. So they get exposed to a lot of stuff. Some of those things that if they were just in a classroom and not having that extra curricular, these are things that I think um, Florida Engineering Society does a great job of. Now, as we talk about Florida Engineering Society, I completely have not zeroed in on your role and the past activities as well as 
future activities for the society. Tell us about that. So currently right now, my my current role is uh, I am the um, vice president of finance. Um, the way that works out is, is that um, you go in progression from vice president of finance to president-elect, which just come in summer. Um, I will be um, um, basically sworn in as uh, president-elect. And then in the 24-25 um, year, I will be sworn in as president for the society. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I do that little pause so I can say <laughs> grinning from ear to ear, you know, and I, I can feel the happiness that uh, that you have in knowing that uh, president-elect is just around the corner. So I want to give you an advanced congratulations on that. Thank you. Colleges and universities. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I like to uh, contemplate is how they are turning out great leaders. Uh, are we still meeting that challenge of, of generating great leaders from our engineering schools in particular? The program, the rigor of the program, the curriculum is definitely structured in a way that we want to make sure that the students are getting the courses that they need, especially the technical side of things. But then the extracurricular piece of that, and this is what I mentioned earlier, Students kind of working outside of the classroom, joining clubs, joining leadership groups where they could actually get that exposure. So um, you actually have honor societies that they can join, Phi Theta Kappa, um, various different groups out there that students could get exposed to leadership. The other piece of it is, is that when students are either doing internships or co-ops, they have the opportunity to work alongside other engineers in the industry, but then also may they may um, obtain leadership roles while working on that internship or co-op. Um, I'm a, a definitely uh, um, an advocate for those students that I asked to join the clubs at Valencia, and I'm also going to be starting up some of those clubs at Embry-Riddle as well. Um, get those in, in the, in, um, students that uh, aspire to be leaders. So always, always, always looking for um, those individuals that want to step up and become leaders. And my um, engineering management communications class and also in my other uh, class, my quality assurance class, I specifically asked that question. The question is, do you think people are either born to be leaders or along the way trained as leaders? And you'd be surprised the amount of uh, comments and or debate that I get from that. Um, most of students tend to think that most people are trained to become leaders. And those that are born to be leaders, it's it's something uh, I always have to go back to either, um, you know, a prince, a prince becomes a king, you know, those type of things, right? So it's like destined for you. But those people that are trained or trained to become leaders, again, going back to that whole thing of servant leader. Now, you know, after hearing that, I'm going to have to pose the question to you that you ask the students, born leader or gained along the way? Gained along the way. I, I Gained along the way. I, 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 I always felt like with my family that, and they would always tell me that I was the rock of the family. The middle, I'm the middle child. But I also felt like because my father passed away when I was young, that at some point I needed to kind of step up and become that leader 
of um, my siblings and my mom. So um, along the way, gain that leadership, but then also basically um, centering myself around other people that I aspired that were leaders that I saw in them. Well, I have to say thank you for being on the program today, Dr. Charles Davis, engineer, author, and leader. It has been my pleasure to to have you on the program. And one question that I must ask, will you come back for another program in the future? Most definitely. And I ask that question because there are so many other topics that uh, we can touch upon. You and I have had offline conversations on some of them, and I thought it most appropriate not to get into all of those areas because like we say in the business, we'd like to leave you with something to stay tuned to listen for. So, Dr. Davis, thank you for being here with us on the program today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Florida Engineering Society's podcast called Engineering Florida. I'm your host, Sam Yates. Until our next episode, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to another informative episode of the Engineering Florida podcast. Our goal is to help educate and inform everyone who listens to our podcast about our members and topics of interest to the Florida Engineering Society. On behalf of the Florida Engineering Society and the Engineering Florida podcast, have a great day, everybody.